Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Does anybody know what day it is? Yes, I do. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Okay. Well, today's date is February 23rd, 2018. Man, you did that so good, Miss. Oh, no. Oh, no. So good. Oh, we got crazy stories today. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Are you singing Sweet Caroline? Sweet Lord of mine. I don't like that song. Good damn numbers. Okay. We have, oh my goodness, the first story on the block, folks. Oh, this is so good. It's an exclusive, so it's really good. It's an exclusive. What? And uh, this gal named Rachel Stavis, who considers herself the daughter of darkness, daughter (laughs) Daughter of darkness, darkness, claims that she can cast out demons, and she has cast out demons, from Hollywood, Mongols, celebrities, politicians, politicians, you name it, Oscar winners. And this is what's so interesting, folks. Has she removed demons from these people? You're going to go, I don't know if you could do that. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, you're going to tell us. I'm going to tell you what the truth is, what she's doing. Dude. I know exactly what she's doing. He does. He does. Yes. He does. And uh, you're going to learn something here. Yes, you are. Get your eyes open. Gosh, Warren, I listen to you. Okay. I have a favorite actress. He's so pretty. He's so pretty. He's so pretty. Mm -hmm. He's pretty woman. Won't you tell me you're a man, pretty woman? Uh, His name is Daniela Vega. Bella, bella, bella. He's a transgender movie star. And he is lighting up the film industry. We're going to talk about this guy. What's interesting, he played this film where he played, um, he really stretched his character. He's really good. Uh, he actually played a a man who's dressed like a woman who's a transgender. <gasps> oh, yeah. Kind of like Oscar. Um, Oscar time. Kind of like the movie you mentioned, Miss Kapow, with, um, what's her name? Oh, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston, Houston. in the uh, the movie The Bodyguard. What struck me was, wow, she's basically playing herself, Um, a a pop star uh, doing pop star things and singing. It's like, wow, that's a stretch. Mm. Who who else did? Oh, Willie Nelson did that in Honeysuckle Rose. Honeysuckle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was a country artist uh, on the road singing. It's like, wow, what a stretch. Uh, if I, if I was a movie star, I could play, um, some unknown podcast host that yells in a microphone that no one cares about. 
And I could do that real well. I'm a sad, sad old man. I'm a sod. Okay. Oh, that's a psalm. I don't know. No, it's a sad old dude. That's a sod. Come on, Miss Capel, help me out here. Hey, you're digging your own grave here. Uh-huh. My own <laughs> grave. Your own grave, Jerry. This is a story that's all too common. It happens too much, too all the often. time, too often. A Tucson couple, Tucson, Arizona, um, they did very bad things to their children. Children. Once again, we'll talk about that. And then we're going to end on the note talking about the James Bond star, Daniel Craig, and how he's no longer human, but a... Plastic man. He's a simul matrix. He is a, uh, I guess, a humanoid, a, a robotoid. Yeah. That's right. You heard me right. A I robotoid. And that's it. That's it. So, shall we go, Ms. Capel? Yeah. I'm ready. Do you have a scripture? I do. Well. I'm going to read from, this was my reading this morning. Um, I, uh, I'm i in the book of Joshua, and I found a scripture in Joshua that references um, scriptures in Matthew and Luke. So, this is, this is the, uh, this is it here. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. This is the chapter after uh, the the Israelites went into Canaan and um, conquered the land and the land was divvied up amongst the tribes. And so now Joshua, who's older now, and about ready to retire, um, he gathers the the tribes of Israel and he gives them this speech. And Joshua said to, unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Sir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. And I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and he came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and he dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. And I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, the Parasites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, 
but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwelt in them, in the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not do you eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Isn't that what we say when we come to the Lord Jesus? And then Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God, he is a jealous God, and he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he hath done you good. Then we go over to Matthew. And it says here, Matthew 6, 24, that no man can serve two masters for either will he hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And you cannot serve God in mammon. And then Luke 16, 13 through 15 says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And we're going to see that in today's stories. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if you had caught what um, Joshua was saying to the Israelites when he says, If you forsake the Lord, or and Joshua said, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God, he is a jealous God, and he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods. That's right, right there. You can't serve two gods because then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he hath done you good. Yep. It's very New Testament. Uh, yeah. A uh, beautiful tie. Because that's what's beautiful about it. It's um, That's why Christ says, I come to fulfill the law and the prophets, not abolish it. Fulfilled it. Mm -hmm. can't serve two gods it's you have to make a choice absolutely thank you for that word very good insight well here's a person who chose um to choose a god and it wasn't yahweh and it wasn't the almighty it was the devil the devil the devil this is from the daily mail she says, I've cast demons out of Oscar winners, politicians, and movie bosses. The exorcist is basically true. Basically. Says, basically true. Says Hollywood's sister of darkness. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I called her daughter of darkness earlier. Sister of darkness. So eh, give or take a few. Mm. As she knows, as she shows uh, Daily Mail how she does it. Mm -mm -mm. Uh -uh -uh -uh. Good stuff. Good stuff. This is clickbait. 
Rachel Stavis is her name. She's 39 years old. She's from Studio City in Los Angeles, Cucufornia. And she showed the Daily Mail TV how she casts out demons in her first ever televised exorcism. Hmm. Intriguing. Intriguing that she has her little show here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's what we like to see on television. Yeah. And you, the agenda is, is you want people to start believing that um, they can get rid of their problems, their spiritual problems by going to someone like this or doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, well, I'm going to explain that to you. But that's the agenda. And so you go there and what happens? You get more messed up. Ooh, yeah. But... Uh, Anyway, she's she's non-denominational and she's agnostic, which means she doesn't quite know if there's a God or not. She says she is convinced of the presence of evil entities who attach themselves to people. Yeah, she's right about that. She's just, by the way, as I read this and I talk about this gal, she's the real deal. I mean, I, I just, I, you can read it and I can tell what she's doing. She's the real deal. She's not, um, she's not a phony baloney. She's not just screwing around. She's clairvoyant she is clairvoyant she actually has muses she actually has uh spirits guiding her on these stuff so she's the real deal that's why there's some truth in here about um these evil entities attaching to people because that's that's what happens Mm -hmm. she tells how she has exercised oscar winners movie bosses politicians um you know everybody she sees different types of demons which can be as bad as the evil spirit in the exorcist um she says a movie is close to the truth. So she, she, like you said, clairvoyant, Ms. Kapow, she can see stuff. So she did let Daily Mail TV film her as she exercised actress Megan Duffy. <laughs> hmm. uh, Lisa wasn't my favorite actress, Daniela Vega. He is the prettiest woman on Hollywood. Yeah. He's so pretty, Ms. Kapow. So she exercised actress Megan Duffy, who starred in the 2012 horror movie Maniac. And uh, since that, she's been complaining about feeling kind of down. Mm, Actually, she I has wonder more, why. She has more problems with that. And this is what this gal said. Megan Duffy, when she went through this exorcism, she says it was really weird. I just couldn't stop my teeth from chattering and I was shivering. It felt joyful. It was weird. <laughs> That's Kundalini. Her Kundalini has been activated. The Kundalini is the spiritual snake that's coiled up in the base of the spine. And it goes up the five chakras up to the head. That's the Kundalini energy. It's the same thing Todd Bentley would activate. um, These uh, fresh fire ministries, uh, these uh, phony false prophet people, they lay hands on people and they impart this spirit. That's why they bark like dogs and they roll around on the floor and they howl. And they're, uh, it's the same thing that the Hindus do when they're in their meditation. They activate the Kundalini spirit. Same thing yeah. with Kundalini yoga. All right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this gal, Stavis, she's written a new book revealing the secrets of her practice. Sister of Darkness, the Chronicles of a Modern Exorcist. I can't wait to read it. And I'm going to send her one of our books, Demons in My Marriage Bed, A True Story of Spiritual Warfare. Let's see if we can exchange some notes. Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, while you're still trapped in darkness, my friend, I have been delivered Amen. into his marvelous light. And I go round and round. Smoke 
billows from an herb burner filling the spirit room with an eerie haze. Spirit room, folks. It's called the spirit room. You want to go there? No. No. I don't. This woman stands over uh, the actress Megan Duffy. She's chanting and shaking a rattle. And the rattle's carved with this demonic head. The article says it's inspired by shamanic art, but the picture of it, it's a demonic head. Mm-hmm. This, this is who she's calling upon. She's calling upon other demons. You're going, how could demons do demons? Hey, you know what? While I'm talking, Miss mm-hmm. Kapow, would you look up for that me scripture? the scripture um, about uh, the kingdom divided? Mm-hmm. I believe it's in Matthew. And uh, so this gal, the healer, places uh, a dagger. Oh, yeah. A dagger on Duffy's wrist. And then she breathes deep, rapid breaths. And she summons higher beings. Get that. She summons higher beings from the spirit world. And then she asks them to rid the body, her client's body, of evil demons. So she's separating evil demons from evil entities and higher beings. To her, there's good ones and bad ones. Right? Mm -hmm. There is no good ones and bad ones. They're all bad. If they're not of God, they're of Satan. It's black and white. Some are more powerful than others. There's a hierarchy. But she's summoning bad to get rid of bad. She's summoning worse to get rid of bad. And there's, there's there's a reason for that. Why they would do that. The woman carrying out the working... This gal, Rachel Stavis, is the world's only non-denominational exorcist. <laughs> she calls herself Sister of Darkness. So uh. She's serving somebody. Um, and anyway, she worked on this actress and um, to try to get rid of this evil entity that she believed was attached alongside of her. Now, if you go to our Facebook page, Fifth Hook Media, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K Media on Facebook, you will see these pictures of her doing this. Uh, really creepy house, creepy room. Uh, yeah, definitely shamanic um, Satanist. So anyway, she goes on. And uh, she says that the actress, Duffy, <coughs> excuse me, has a Clive, C-L-I-V-E, demon. It's the name she gives to low-level, low-energy entities of demons that have caused the actress to feel negative and down in the dumps of late. The reason why she calls them Clive is because they look like um, some cartoon that Clive Barker draws or something. I don't know. She made she made the name up. And um, so she says that she's cleansed thousands of people in Hollywood. She doesn't advertise her services. She works pro bono. She started off as a hobby, but it's grown. She's actually a, an author, but you know this this kind of work's been going. Her her clients range from all over the place. She sees a lot of people that are famous, rock people, rock stars, movie stars. Um, she was raised in California, and she quickly discovered she wasn't typical. She began to see monsters floating around her bedroom or attached to other children. And she realized very quickly she could see something that other people couldn't. And when she tried to ignore it, it didn't feel like a gift at all. It was pretty scary and horrible. 
And she learned quickly that other people didn't have it because every time she tried to talk about it, they were like, man, you're crazy. We don't talk about that. So she didn't talk about it for a while. She kept it hidden. And she became a writer, tried to live normally. But as she grew older, a series of events of adulthood uh, things forced her to acknowledge her unique ability and her power to heal. See, this is the attraction. It's like a Reiki master. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a faith healer. It's like Biddy Hinn. These guys who do these big shows, people are attracted to the healing, the healing. You know, Jesus never had a healing ministry. You know that. Mm-hmm. His, his healing was a result of who he was, but he didn't have a healing ministry or a deliverance ministry. Since then, she has dedicated her life to helping others cast off evil forces. She says, I see manifestations of entities. Sometimes they have a face. Sometimes they don't. And when she was a child, she called them monsters. But now she knows they're, you know, human beings. Anyway, the story goes on and on and on, you know, talking about this gal. She does say that her view is that like the exorcist portrays, demons attach themselves to people to feed. I've talked about this before. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about demonic louche and how Mm -hmm. they feed on people. Uh, She says they're going to feed until they can't. Most entities are looking to survive, and this is what they survive on. They're low-frequency energies they can get from people. Who knows why anything exists the way it does? And then she says there's more malevolent entities that are like movie-style entities that are like uh, world changers. Those are really rock your boat and blah, 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 blah. And she goes on. And she has a $1.2 million house. It sounds like a lot of money, but she lives in the hills of Studio City, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. That's probably like a shack, <laughs> you know, in that neck of the woods. Um, but the house seems specially built for exorcism. It has the ornate it's stained creepy. glass windows. Oh, yeah. Medieval style doors, a spirit room filled with eclectic collection of art and memorabilia. Oh, yeah. So anyway. There's a couple of pictures of the things she uses. There's even that, uh, what's that Christ called of the Immaculate Heart? The Immaculate Heart, Heart, Jesus. Yeah, and so it would show you right there that if you have one of these things in your house, that's not Yeshua HaMashiach. That's not the biblical Jesus. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Uh, A lot of uh, gods and goddesses from ancient Egypt she uses, things like that. Five-pointed stars. Five-pointed stars. What she is, is she is a shaman. Mm -hmm. She is a... Uh, witch doctor. A witch doctor. A in in uh, in in uh, Spanish, it would be a curandera. You know, she's a curandera. She's one who works with herbs and magic, and um, she heals and does this kind of stuff. And she does it through the power of uh, Satan. So you're thinking, hmm. okay, brother Kapow, how in the world is she able to relieve people of certain things? And you know, why was the actress Duffy? feeling good but weird and actually the article says you know she felt you know better and she had two sessions and stuff how is it that if she's got demons as an exorcist how is she able to uh move these things or cast them out not in the name of jesus Mm -hmm. okay would you read that scripture miss yes i have well okay i have the one in matthew and i have the one in luke do Luke. Okay. He's written to the Gentiles. Luke 11. Let's see. And while you're finding that, I just want to say that exorcism without the name of Jesus Christ has been going on for 
thousands and thousands of years. It's been going on since the days of Noah when the disembodied Nephilim became what we call as earth spirits or wicked spirits or what we call demons. Demoni, right? In the Greek. That's who they are. And herbs and potions and medicinal plants have been used for thousands of years before Christ came on scene to stave the evils and the sicknesses away. Of course, the best way to do it is when God had set up, you know, Israel to follow his law. Mm-hmm. And he gave them the commandments to do these certain things. Don't eat the blood. Don't serve other idols. Don't do like the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the Parasites and the Republicans and the Democrats. You know, don't do like that. And he gave certain laws in certain ways that you could prevent yourself from getting none of these diseases that these demons bring on you and these, these conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. So he's always provided a way out, but they've always been here since the flood because they're they're half human and half um, fallen angel. So they have that immortalness about them, but they can't be resurrected. They're not human. They don't have the, they, they're not soul breathed. God, God didn't breathe into them like he did the breath of life, like he did in man. So they're here and they're, they're, they're staying here until the judgment, until they're judged. You're not going to get rid of them. They're here. So it's been going on before Jesus and, and in the Jewish times before Jesus was even on the scene, You'll find in the Dead Sea Scrolls, there are plenty of incantations against the demons. There's songs, there's prayers, there's all kinds of writings that um, are used to stave away demons. The book of Tobit in the Apocrypha, uh, Tobit uses um, uh, fish and, what's it, fish bladder, gallbladder, yeah. and uh-huh. uh, you know something else to do a potion to help his dad. Also, the, the woman, there was a, a woman who was married... Uh, seven times, and there was an evil entity attached to her that loved her, and it kept killing her husbands. And Tobit was able to deliver her, you know, through these potions and stuff. And it all sounds like folklore and stuff, but the, the ancient Jews do this stuff. A lot of a lot of cultures, you know, did this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it 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 was going on long time before. Now, you if you do this outside of God, and you call on higher level entities. As with Satan, with everything, there's always a price to pay. Exactly. There's nothing free. Mm-hmm. It's gas, grass, or ass, but no one rides for free. You understand? Mm-hmm. And so what this gal is doing, she's able to call on higher entities to move the lower level energy out. That's why she calls them Clive, the low, low levels. She moves them out, right? But as they move out, guess what happens? Those people aren't free. They're not free indeed, right, Ms. Kapow? Right. They're not free. They're not set free indeed. Those demons will go out, circle around, and go, what the heck? We don't like it out here. And they come back, and they find Megan Duffy's body now clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go, hey, let's clean go. Clean and empty. Clean and empty. And they go, hey. Let's bring seven more, seven meaning the number of complete. It's not just seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Complete. Let's bring a whole bunch more of my buddies. And the state of Megan Duffy will be worse than when she first went to this gal. That's right. This is how it works. She's a kudendera. She's a shaman. 
People have been doing this for centuries. This ain't a big deal. The Catholic Church does exorcism this way. They don't cast out demons in the name of Christ. They have no authority. They don't follow Christ. Mm-mm. When you cast out a demon in the name of Christ, you're doing it through Christ's authority that he gave you. If you're not a follower of Christ, you have no authority. And that's proven in the New Testament when the sons of, of, of Sheba, Siva, mm-hmm. seven sons of Shiva tried to cast out demons and they used, um, we you know, conjure you in the name of Paul and this Jesus that he preaches, right? And the demons say, well, uh, Paul we know, and Jesus we certainly know, but who are you? Mm-hmm. And they attacked him. The seven sons of Siva were exorcists. They'd been doing it for a long time, using herbs and magic potions. Well, when Christ came along, Christ cast out demons, not by just moving them around through herbs and potions and medicine. He removed them because he had authority over them. Amen. It was a big difference. Mm-hmm. And when he resurrected, he trumped, he triumphed over all the powers of wickedness. And he made a, he made a display of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has power over them. So when you follow Christ, when you follow Christ, really, you have the same power. Because he said greater things that you'll do than I'm doing. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And and when a Christian, through the power of Christ, casts out a demon, that demon doesn't circle back around. Mm-mm. It can't because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? That's right. So this shaman, this sister of darkness, she's simply moving these things around through higher sources. The agenda is they're going to circle back around and the state of those people are going to be a lot worse than when they first began. They're going to get hooked on the stuff. They're going to think they're being helped. They're going to keep coming back and get deeper and deeper and deeper into uh, satanic Uh, worship and their souls lost. That's how it works. Would you read that uh, scripture? It's in uh, Mark 11, starting at verse 14. It says, and he was casting out a devil and it was dumb. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and the people wondered. But some of them said he casts out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils and others tempting him sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scatters. And when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he findeth, when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then go, goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. There's a lot there, but you can see that Jesus absolutely believed that demons were being cast out by the power of Beelzebub just Mm -hmm. like he was being accused of. He says, well, 
if I do this by the power of Beelzebub, how you know how can his kingdom stand? That's right. You know how can it stand? Because he because there's a there's always an agenda with Satan. Mm-hmm. You know that's why a, a stronger man could go in there and bind the weaker man. You know they could do all that stuff because then they're cast out and they circle around and they bring seven more more wicked to really totally destroy that person. And uh, it was amazing when you when you look at the demoniac and the and, uh, uh, gatherings, if I'm saying that right, gatherings. Mm-hmm. Where demons, ca- where uh, demons were cast out into the swine, and people were amazed because they saw the guy in sound mind sitting and talking and conversing and stuff, because it didn't happen. If, if I'm sure that that guy got in the state that he was in because he was in chains and stuff like that because he was cutting himself and crazy, he got in that stadium because I'm sure they tried to, to help him before and the things just kept circling back around. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that you're going to go into the pigs and uh, drown. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the lesson of the story is never let anybody lay hands on you that you don't know is a true born again Christian. Never let people touch you. Don't go to a Reiki master or a healer. Mm -hmm. Don't even go to a church and let these people lay hands on you unless you absolutely know that they are living a life of a biblical life following God. If you don't know that, um, I don't trust anybody because they will impart junk on you. Yeah. Um, we've been to churches where this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a one one pastor uh, was up there and he was telling us his audience, his congregation, to put his palm to put their palms up mm-hmm. and receive something from God, receive from something from God. And uh, Miss Kapow did that, and something hit her hands. And oh, this was when uh, he had people up, uh, you know, of repentance. Oh yeah. And we, the people that didn't go up, like myself, he says, you know, um, put your hands forward and pray with oh, these yeah. people. And as he prayed, prayed the sinner's prayer, stuff was flying and something hit my hand. Yeah. And it was a, it was a, a demon. It was a demon and it attached to her. We had, and we had to get rid of it. But when she told the church about it, what did they say? Oh no. They, the, the, I called the pastor's wife. Yeah. And when I told her what I was feeling, I go, I don't feel right. Something, something hit me. And she goes, well, it can't be because the pastor was praying and you were doing it in obedience to the pastor. So it can't be bad. It's probably a blessing or something of the Lord. Mm-mm. And she and I go, well, I don't feel right. And some I know something came on me through my hand and it hasn't left yet. But she didn't know how to deal with it. So No, no, because, yeah. So anyway, just you got to be really careful. But that's how this gal's, that's how this gal's doing it. And that's how anybody's done it. And that's how people do it without the name of Christ. That's how the Catholic Church does it. It's just ritual. Their prayers, they use incense and smoke. Um, that's how I used to do it before I came to Christ. I did the same thing using sage and smoke and uh, owl feathers and shaman, you know, shamanistic practices. That's all they're doing is they're just moving stuff around. They're not healing anybody. All right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was thirty-five minutes on that. All right. Well, at least those other stories are a little shorter. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a commercial break and we'll be right back. All righty. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. And uh, here we are, here we are, here we are, here we are. Okay. Here we are. My favorite new actress is a dude. 
He's so pretty. He's so pretty. I, I have not seen him actually act, but he's just so pretty. He's got to be a good actor. Yeah, right. Daniela Vega, the transgender star lighting up the film industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article says following her breakthrough. How many times do I got to tell you? It's a transgendered ED male. So it's not a her. It's not a her. That's bad English. It's a he. <laughs> following his breakthrough role in Oscar dominated Chilean film, A Fantastic Woman. Mm. <laughs> so you got a dude dressed like a woman who thinks he's a chick in a film called A Fantastic Woman. Mm. <laughs> is, is your brain starting to hurt? The actor talks about finding his voice, his diva grandmother, and winding up conservatives. Oh, so there's a political side to this guy. No. Yeah. Here's the article. It's not me cussing. The article says, you have to be one hell of a performer to take the title role in a film called A Fantastic Woman and convince the world that, yes, your character truly is a fantastic woman, and you are too. That's not necessarily true, because the movie is about a dude trying to become a fantastic woman. So it's really not that much of a hell of a performance. Mm -mm. And if you're a largely unknown actor and only your second movie, mm, it takes some quite remarkable self-assurance. But a decade after transitioning as female and a year after his breakthrough role dazzled the Berlin Film Festival, Chilean newcomer Daniela Vaga is fully enjoying the rewards of being a fantastic on his own terms. He didn't model his character in the film on any screen stars, he says. I have to purposely add the he in there. Folks. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for discovering his own identity as a woman. Soy muy yo, he says. I'm very much me. Soy muy yo. Soy muy yo. Soy muy yo, compadre. Con Leo, soy muy yo. You sound like you're in pain. I bet he's in pain. <laughs> Daniela Vega. Híjole. What's up? What's up? A fantastic woman. Um, let's see. Here's what it's about. It's a foreign language film, so you know I would love it. I love watching movies where I have to read a subtitle. Because <laughs> that's what I want to do. I don't want to actually watch the film. I want to read what they're saying. <laughs> Who made that up? Okay. Yeah, the, the movie's a magnificent work, they say. It's stylish. Every time they use words like that, stylish, it means it's a piece of crap. It's playful. <laughs> For, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Look what she's wearing. It's stylish. Well, in other words, she looks like an idiot. <laughs> it's highly serious, and despite the protagonist's sometimes harrowing ordeals, exuberantly uplifting. Mm. But what seals the film's brilliance is Vega's extraordinary portrayal of Marina. Mm. Marina? No, okay, Vega, who's a dude, is playing Marina. Marina, the character, is a young trans, not a woman, a transgendered man facing intense social hostility. Hostility, not hospitality. <laughs> it may be, just as Juliet Jacques suggested in a recent Guardian article, that in playing someone whose experience is in some ways close to his, a trans actor such as Vega is able to bring special bonus of emotional memory to his performance. You think? 
He's playing himself. <laughs> you stupid, stupid people. <laughs> You're winding this up like it's a big deal and he's playing himself. You think he had some problems going from a man in Chile to a chick? <laughs> you think he brings that to the stage? But regardless of the viewer's curiosity as to whether or not Vega essentially is Marina, I guarantee you he is, there's no denying that he brings a depth, sophistication, and resilience to the role. Oh, brother. So puke me out. And this article's huge, and it's long, and it's transgender-positive, and it's... You get my point. Yep. Get my point. Right, Miss Capel. Just, just, just. What else? Well, let's talk about the uh, Toledo pastor. Pastor, pastor, pastor. You mean a pastor of a church? He's a pastor of a church, and he and his wife and their daughter <laughs> robbed the Sunday school teacher. <laughs> Wait a minute. You must be mistaken, Miss Kapow. No. You must be reading this wrong. Will you please reiterate what this story was about? It says a downtown Toledo pastor and his family are accused of robbing a Sunday school teacher at the church. The pastor, who is a pastor at St. Paul's AME Zion Church. <laughs> AME Zion Church. Pastor Anthony 29 Morris. years old. His wife, who's 46, and their 19-year-old daughter were charged with aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon. Wow. And that is a first-degree felony. Wow. Did you see their mugshots? Yeah. It's on their Facebook page, folks. Uh, yeah. They, they don't look... <laughs> yeah. You can tell she's cry- Zelda's crying. Her makeup's running. Yeah. Uh, it says here that during the assault, Mrs. Morris who is the pastor's wife, is accused of dumping items from Miss Turner, who is the Sunday school teacher, <laughs> her purse, and taking them. Miss <laughs> Turner attempted to recover her belongings when Mr. Morris allegedly pulled out a gun and pointed it at her. And the woman told police the pastor threatened to kill her. <laughs> now, two prescription bottles, a taser, and a cell phone were taken from Miss Perner's church. I mean, purse. <laughs> Perner's <laughs> According to the police report, and the cell phone was recovered, but the glass was broken. Whoa. The Morris family, who resides in uh, on the block of Evergreen Road, fled the church before the police could arrive, and the couple have been arrested, though the daughter has yet to be located. Miss <laughs> Turner was treated at the scene by Toledo Fire and Rescue crews, and Miss Turner and independent win- witnesses verified the information to police detectives. <laughs> Folks, this happened at the church. This is the church. During Sunday school. They robbed the Sunday school teacher. They actually kind of pulled her hair, too, and beat her down to the ground. Yes, they did. Yeah, as well as the pastor pulling a gun. Said, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah, so if you're thinking about going to a good church, don't go to St. Paul's AME Zion Church. (laughs) 
Because you're going to get robbed. <laughs> That's seriously, hilarious. Though, seriously. Uh, what has gone? What? It's mad. Uh, modern day Christianity is insane. It's gone mad. It's, it's see, gone. there's there's entities oh, yeah. flying around. And <laughs> if your heart's not right with God, they will jump on you. They and will. Do stuff like this. They will. Um, only only a, a, a life in Christ um, and we'll communication, communication, communion with God through Christ. That's the only thing that's going to protect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, medicine wills aren't going to do it. Dream catchers aren't going to do it. Uh, good luck charms aren't going to do it. You open Bible on your nightstand's not going to do it. No. Okay. Here in Tucson, this story is the same story over and over again, and it's happening. Which way is too another much. thing that's so disgusting yeah. about these children. I know, constantly. Some more kids are abused. And when they're abused, I mean, like they're really abused. They're locked up, chained, you know, mm-hmm. in bedrooms, and they don't get any food or any bathrooms Mm-mm. or hygiene. It's like totally demonic. Yep. This attack on the kids. It's, yeah. I just don't find it. Tucson, Arizona. It's and, a, a and there these people are are um, adopted these children. Yeah, why? Exactly. Why? I can just imagine. Adoptive parents Benito Guterres, sixty nine, and Carol Guterres, sixty. And they're old. Yeah, they know better. Well, why would they even? Allow, why would they be even allowed to to adopt children at their age? They said the deputies found four children ranging in age from six to 12. That's those are like grandkid age. Yes. Living in the home with their adoptive parents. But the children are biologically related to each other. Mm. The oldest child was able to escape through a bedroom window and walked to a family dollar store in the area where he asked to use the phone. And the clerk noticed the boy's disheveled appearance and he asked the child to walk him to his parents. So when they arrived at the home where the clerk saw the broken out window from which the boy escaped, he looked inside and noticed the door was padlocked. And that's when he called 911. And during the investigation, deputies discovered that all four of the children were kept in separate bedrooms, which locked from the outside. And the children had no access to food, water, light, or bathroom facilities for up to 12 hours at a time on a daily basis. Now, uh, the deputy said that one bedroom only had a bucket to use as a toilet. Mm. The investigator said that the children did attend school during the day. There was one instance of a school employee reporting that one of the children seemed to be hungry at school, but other than that, there was nothing suspicious reported by neighbors or school employees. So. Well, you know, it's the story is so similar to the one that happened here, oh, here, in California, in Paris, California. Mm-hmm. Where that uh, the one of the children were able to escape through a window, yep. get access to a phone, and call authorities. It's mm-hmm. it's very similar. They too were locked up. They too didn't have um, toilet facilities. They mm-hmm. too weren't fed. It's it's the same thing except on a you know uh, in another state in another city. Mm-hmm. Uh, very demonic. It's, uh, it's, it's evil. It's evil. It's not something. Um, normal humans would do or even think about doing no. to children. Oh my goodness. Just mm. And what, what gets me is 
it's all the time now. This yeah. is probably the third or fourth story in the last couple of months. It's too frequent. It's too common, yeah. You know? It's yeah. very sad. And then what happens to these children? That's horrible. Just That's, horrible. Yeah. Okay, this you have to see because oh, you're not yeah. going to believe you're not going to believe me because you're going to go brother Kapow, get your tinfoil hat on. Mm. Get a life, you weirdo. Um <laughs> James Bond star Daniel Craig. Uh, he's 49 years old and he leaves fans baffled. Baffled. Yes, with shockingly waxy and older appearance. Yeah. At the uh, at the British Awards show, the British Academy of Film Awards. Well, I even looked at his picture and thought, oh, my goodness, he doesn't look well. I mean, he looks really different. His face looks whiter. He looks more his, like plastic. Yeah. And his rubber. eyes are like red, like he's got some kind of a an illness. His his actual oh. his, his but his, here's what's weird. His skull is larger than what it had been. Uh, he's not just puffy, though. It's not like, oh, he put on a few pounds. No. Because I saw the video and I watched him walk, and he's still um, a lean man. You know? He still looked good in his suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't, and it's not like a puffiness, like, oh, he's got water gain, or, you know, he's been drinking too much. Uh, his The structure of his face uh, widened. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know? It's weird. But the skin is looks like silicone. So you've heard my theory about how these people aren't real. That they're hybrids or made in labs. And so, and also, you know, they, they go a certain time and then they get retired. Mm-hmm. They get killed off and a new one comes on. You know, look at Britney Spears doesn't look like Britney of the old days. No, she didn't even act like uh, her. No, a lot of them. Who's, who's the other guy that now has muscles? Uh, oh, uh, David Chappelle or yeah, whatever. David Chappelle. Goes crazy, talks about the Illuminati, talks about Satanism in the industry, disappears to Africa for a while. Now he now comes he, back and he's telling jokes again. And he's buff. And he's buff. Like he's been, you know, he's been, he's been lifting weights. Oh, uh, come on. Anyway, uh, they look different. Uh, Kanye West had looked mm. different. Uh, I, you go on and on. But anyway, uh, so this is something that not just tinfoil hat people noticed, regular Idiots attending this uh, award show noticed. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, uh, he's known as uh, James Bond, you know, some hunky dude. Uh, he goes up there and uh, people are saying, why does his face look like that? Um, fans were baffled. They said he looked plastic. Weird. Yeah. They say he looks different. And of course, social media went crazy. Um, a lot of people made scathing comments. They said he looked plastic and he looked older compared to uh, how he looked just two years ago in 2015. And there's a picture of how he looks now from two years ago. Um, Looks totally, I mean, he looks different. I mean, you could tell it's the same face, mm-hmm. but it's, wow, what happened here? You look like uh, Sophia the robot. Yeah, he's, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of people started doing these, these like memes. Um. You know, and, um, you know, putting different plastic faces on him and stuff. And, uh, um, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> you know, um, it's saying stuff like what's wrong with his face. What happened to his face? Um, one guy, uh, put up this plastic doll, you know, it looks like Mrs. Daniel Craig had a very important message for everyone at the BAFTAs last night. 
And he says, uh, I am now a plastic man. There is nothing you can do. James Bond is going to look blank, stupid. Ha ha. Uh, so a lot of people saw this, you know, even stupid people. Because uh, it was so noticeable. It wasn't even like they were trying to hide it. Uh-uh. I mean, it was like, wow. It's weird. And if you do look at his full body, he's 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 still like in shape. He's not, you know, he didn't gain a bunch of weight. Um, Really, really weird. Really weird. So once again, tinfoil hat. But I don't, um, I don't doubt that these people are not truly real. Mm-mm. They're not fully human. And that I do believe, I know it's crazy, that uh, they get replaced. And here, here's the deal. This guy. Even his skin color is different. He looks like the walking dead. Yeah, it's real waxy. Pasty and green and mm-hmm. with red blotches. Yeah. It's odd. It's ugly. Um, he's He said earlier that he would never do another James Bond film. Mm-hmm. That he would rather commit suicide than do another Bond film, right? But if the people who made him who he is and put him where he was at and gave him the money and f- uh, fame, I don't say people, I mean the reptilians, and they said, no, you're going to do a Bond film. And he goes, no, I'd rather, I'd rather die. But okay, we can accommodate I think that's you. what they did. They go, okay, boom, you're dead. And then they do another synth. Mm-hmm. And the copies are always a little different than the original. Mm-hmm. The copies don't quite look like the original. Like Britney Spears don't quite look the way she did. And I know there's plastic surgery, and I understand you get yeah, nose but jobs. But their whole skull changes. Yeah, the the bone structure changes. The jaw changes. Things, eyes are set different. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thing, okay, is why do you go to plastic surgeons to make yourself more ugly? Yeah. Because these people don't improve their looks. They look ugly. Yeah. Well, their, their, their faces are really exaggerated. I think, I think a lot of it is to hide their uh, genetic um, but hybrid. That's, but that's my point. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not doing it for beautiful cosmetic reasons. <laughs> as, they, as they get older, it begins to fall apart. I don't think they last that long. I really don't. And uh, they begin to fall apart. And it's interesting. He's wearing the, uh, in this uh, new look, Mm -hmm. he's wearing the Time's Up button. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, see that? Time's Up. Time's Up, all right. (laughs) Time's Up, Judgment Day, man. It's up. Mm -hmm. I don't know the rest of these idiots are going to do. Hey, uh. Hey, what? Let's uh, let's finish this. Okay. Good night. Ciao, baby. <laughs>